Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Win, pod, repeat. Coming at you live, as always. Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington with me. Spencer, uh, it is 7.52 as we record this podcast. So about an hour, two hours after the trade deadline. Um, so obviously, that's the most important thing. Um, we got to dig into that. We got Tommy Pham, Eric Hosmer, Reese McGuire, the big acquisitions for the Red Sox, a handful of prospects. Um, I guess just initial reactions from you. Also, you know, how's it going? I feel like I should, you know, see how you're doing. Hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, good. Doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, it was a weird day. A weird couple of days um, for the Red Sox and for baseball. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the general feeling for Red Sox fans is just like, what is going on here? Like, what was the plan? I don't think the plan happened. Whatever the plan was, we're never going to know. But I don't think it worked out the way Haim anticipated or wanted. I mean, he said yesterday that he thought today was going to be a busy day. And then the only move they made today was getting Eric Hosmer, which originally wasn't even supposed to happen because he was supposed to go to the Nationals. So, yeah, it just seems like today didn't work out how Heim wanted. And so we're left with Eric Hosmer, who sucks, and Tommy Pham, who also sucks, and Reese McGuire, who is like a backup catcher who's fine, and we lost our starting catcher. So we took a team that sucks, and we made it suck more, essentially, is is what I'm uh, getting out of this. So it's interesting because Haim just got done speaking with media and the quote that stuck out to me was, he goes, chances are, um, if you thought about it, um, we thought about it too. Um, and so like you said, I think obviously after so the- like we should have gotten Juan Soto? <laughs> that was it. We were just Is like, we were like, take everybody. Here's Juan Soto. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have, you know, uh, well, actually, that's not true. We have like a Marcelo Meyer and Tristan Cassis. Like, there were guys if you really wanted to go for it. Yeah, we could have got it, it done. Um, and so, you know, after they talked to Vasquez, right, you're like, okay, you know, it's they made it sound like there was a plan. Like you said, they were like, all these moves are going to happen. And you're like, okay, here we go. And, you know, with the trade deadline, there was that Morosi tweet where he was like, you know, a guy, you know, a team exec told me this is going to be one of the wildest trade deadlines ever. And while we got the Juan Soto trade, which, you know, could be considered the biggest trade ever. It could be one of the biggest trades in baseball history. Um, it pretty much is. Yeah. I mean, there's never been a, a guy, you know, at his caliber, at his age to get traded. I mean, that's just, it's never yeah, going to happen again. Mid-season. Um, big losers, yeah. if you're... The biggest losers of the day are the Nationals. I don't care who you get in that trade. You're losing a generational talent. You are the biggest loser. Doesn't matter. Yep, I agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, obviously, like, you, you texted me right after it happened. You were like, Bruce McGuire is definitely interesting. Um, great. I mean, he's he's very good defensively this year. He's at a plus seven DRS behind the plate. Not a great hitter. I mean, you're talking about Chris. We lost Christian Vasquez, who, at the moment he was getting traded, without Devers in the lineup, may have been the best or second best hitter on that team in that moment, because um, JD was struggling. Devers out of the lineup. Uh, you know, Xander's Xander, so he could probably be the one or two. But like Bogarts was hitting over 300 since mid June, 
He's been unbelievable. He was, yeah. He's been the best player during this really terrible stretch of Red Sox baseball. Um, and so to swap him with Reese McGuire, you're kind of like – and, and Reese McGuire is going to be there. And Alex Cora says you should expect a lot of Reese McGuire. So we're going to get to see right away what he's going to be like. Um, Hosmer obviously is an upgrade from first base, but that's only because first base production has been so terrible. Also, um, Rip Franchi Cordero, who was now optioned to AAA Worcester. Um, but that's what happens when you I go, you know, still in the one for 100 with 80 strikeouts, you know? Like you can't be fucking terrible. And then in, in the field, you know, like watching him throw to first base, like gives me heartburn. <laughs> like you're just yeah. like, so it'll be nice to have a guy at first base who, you know, feels like he should be at first base. I mean, props to Bobby. He made a fucking incredible scoop last night that probably kept won the Red Sox that game in a really tight situation. Um, but it'll be nice to have a guy that I, I mean, it's, He's not great. I'm not going to pretend like Eric Hosmer is the savior. But having a guy who I don't – like when we had Bobby and Franchi back-to-back in the lineup, it was like, okay, that's just two strikeouts. Like these are two guys. Like, And Bobby had like a little stretch of where he was playing really well. He's been hitting the ball better recently. But I, I like at least the move of getting him, considering that the Padres are eating his entire salary. I think that's the biggest thing with that is it's kind of like a no-lose deal for the Red Sox. Yeah, I would say we've gone from a strikeout and a strikeout to a flyout and a ground out. Yeah, what was Tommy it? Fam and Eric Hosmer. Oh, dude, well, what was um, it? Eric Hosmer had a had 57% of his hits were, or his balls in play were ground balls during his time in San Diego. Yeah. Not great. I, um, I just... And Tommy Fam like... I was reading the write-up on Fangraphs of that trade, and apparently he's like, he's pulling the ball more, which is good, yeah. except he's not like hitting it as hard, so it's just like fly-offs to left field, which I guess goes over the green monster occasionally. Yeah. Um, but so the other thing about all this is like the clubhouse aspect, which like we can we can talk about whether that's a big deal, whether we should, how much that matters. Um, but you take away one of the captains of your team and Christian Vasquez. And I guess you kind of balance that out with Hosmer and Pham because Pham is basically like the worst person you could put in your clubhouse. And Eric Hosmer is known to be a really good clubhouse guy. So I guess you balance that out. But um, I just hate Tommy Pham a lot. Like, yeah. I just, I used to have like a decent opinion of him when all I knew was he was a decent baseball player. And then a, over the last few years, you just learned that he's pretty much a piece of shit. So I mean, um, you forgot to include great. you forgot to include he's the greatest fantasy football player alive. So uh, yeah, well, at least the most famous. Yes, don't don't stash anyone on the IR with uh, with Tommy Pham around. So I, maybe that's why Matt Barnes yeah, is mean, about to come off the IL is because Tommy Pham's there and he's like, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you, Heim Bloom. He's like, okay, fuck, all right, cool, get him off. Yeah, I mean. Whoever runs the uh, fantasy football league for the Red Sox might need to watch their back now for the rest of the season, at least. Listen, I I ain't inviting Tommy Pham to any fantasy football league that I'm in. I don't care if he's no. like, I'm in high stakes, like a $1,000 buy-in. I'm like, no way. Listen, I, I saw Pat Light's receipt from his night in Vegas. Uh, he's the one I'm asking in my high stakes fantasy football league. So, What did he win? Oh. Uh, uh, Pat Light? Oh no, he didn't win. He spent yeah. uh, ninety three thousand dollars in one night in Vegas. Holy 
fuck? Yeah, he spent three hundred dollars on water. Wow. In case you were wondering, the receipts on Twitter. I encourage you. How? How do you? How? Why? It's a great listen. Water's free. Go listen to the. As the, far as I'm yeah. aware, water is free in the United States yeah. of America. Listen, uh, it's worth a listen. Not free other countries, but the latest Jared Carabas podcast. They go through line by line his uh, Vegas receipt. Absolutely, absolutely worth it. Uh, so I don't know if I need that much detail in my life. Um, I just like um, it. Honestly, that's, makes me mad. That he's That'd be fun. Yeah, I wish I had ninety three thousand dollars to spend in one night. I don't even have that in a year. I wish I had a friend with ninety three thousand dollars. You're right. That's fair. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to blow that myself. I feel terrible, but you're right. If it was my friend, like that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll. Yeah. We just need to find a rich friend. That's listen. I'm. I'm. We're gonna have a rich friend that'll like do that, and then like you know the rich friend that'll be like, oh, like I need somebody to like go travel with me. Like, do you want to go on this like free, all expenses paid trip to like you know California, Los Angeles? I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah, you then you really don't care. That's a, you know that's a good point. I like the way you think, Spencer. Yeah, let me know when you find that friend. Listen, uh, as of right now, uh, Eric Hosmer is that friend to the Boston Red Sox because uh, the Padres are paying him forty four million dollars to not play on his team, and so the Red Sox are like, this is just house money at this point. Like, you could be terrible, you could be great. Um, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, flyer, so uh, free flyer, mm-hmm. totally like that. But yeah, like we've said, he's better than Franchi. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's a bummer because, you know, there was that, you know, there was the Franchi Cordero walk-off grand slam, which will forever stand as Franchi's greatest moment. I, and it felt like, man, maybe this guy like figured something out. Um, But he proved to you what I feel like baseball constantly proves to people that small sample sizes do not fucking matter. And like the hype, like, Whatever he figured out was quickly scouted and just taken away by teams. Um, and, like, unfortunately, we kind of figured out that Franchi Cordero's been what he's always been, which is a really strong, really great bat, but he can't make contact with anything. And yeah, so, bad baseball player. unfortunately, as much as I loved Franchi and I loved, like, the hype surrounding Franchi, um, I hope he never makes it back onto this roster ever. <laughs> I do not want to yeah. see him. Um, the fact that he does something has gone serious wrong. Yeah. I mean, that, that might mean like, we've just like given up on the season, like altogether. Like at this point, like obviously like there's the belief that like, if guys start to come back, Devers is back tonight. He just got activated off the 10 day. Is he back? I don't don't know if he's in the lineup tonight. I know he was activated. So I'd assume he's in the lineup. I haven't seen the lineup. I I guess we'll find out in a few minutes when they come out on the field. Um, Mm-hmm. The next step will be waiting for Trevor Story, who, of course, had that setback, um, hairline fracture in his hand, 10 to 14 days without swinging a bat. So you're probably looking at, you know, at least three or four weeks before we see him back in the lineup. Um, bat Barnes is coming back. That's not remotely exciting, but he'll be back. Nope, don't like that. Um, Rich Hill is on his way back. Um, I believe Michael Waka is also nearing a return and i'm trying to think if there's anybody else like that yeah i mean listen i michael walker would actually want to see walker and rich hill like just having the bodies to eat innings like um it's just been so tough with some of these guys like i really like the way they used um bayo where they didn't have him they had him follow austin davis as the opener um it felt like Mm -hmm. he kind of like they got to kind of like get into the game a little bit and then put him in and he looked a little bit more comfortable four innings, two hundred runs. It was his best start. Um, Cutter Crawford has been 
really like he's been solid lately. Um, great. When Kowski's put in some good starts, like we have a lot of bodies right now. Yeah, he's been, I mean, you know, hasn't set the world. There's nobody that I'm like, Up and down. I mean, I will say uh, Nate's start last night was fucking great. That was like, nice. he. Nice to see him back. Yeah, the velo wasn't where it was yet, but like he, it was like the fourth inning. It like, he didn't give up any earned runs. The two runs were errors, back-to-back errors by the Red Sox. But um, there was a point where he retired like 13, 14 straight guys. And the fastball was back. He was locating it really well. Um, he was starting to strike guys out again. Um, that's a huge, especially with Sale being hurt. That's like, he's a guy that can anchor you. And Pavetta being back to kind of like, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Pavetta's last start was great too. I will say, like, he looked more like the Pavetta from... June. Not his last start, but the start before that. Yes, yes. There we go. His last start, he got rocked again. Yeah, not not great for Nick Pavetta. Um, but that's kind of what I I think to actually expect from Nick Pavetta now is like kind of a 50-50 like dice roll. Well, I mean, he's just a streaky pitcher. Like yeah. that's just what he's established himself to be at this point. And fine. when he's going good, he's going really good. Yeah. And when he's going bad, he's going really bad. Yeah. So there's just some guys in baseball that are like that. Yeah. And he is one of those guys. Well, and that's kind of been his whole like career. Like he's a you know four three yeah. ERA kind of guy, and you know that's kind of why the Phillies kept him around for you know as long as they kept him around was it kind of looked like he had something there, but he could never quite like find a consistency. So yeah. Also, um, Devers is in the lineup tonight playing third base. Fuck yeah! Good to see him back at uh, back at third base there, and Tommy Pham left field. Is batting second. Oh, good. Tommy Pham is batting second. So where the where the sabermetricians so tell you your best player should be in the lineup. So Tommy Pham is by the logic of sabermetrics. So Tommy Pham is now our best player. You heard it here first. Um, what's his? What's his, let me let me run the numbers for the people of the podcast to know why Tommy Pham is our best player. Are you ready for these stats? Are you ready to just be blown away by the best mm-hmm. player in baseball, Thomas Pham? Yep. Um, so first off, Tommy Pham, full name, Thomas James Pham, in case you were wondering. Uh, his nickname on uh, baseball reference is Fantastic. Uh, his no, stats are not, not using that. That is terrible. Fantastic. Um, we're talking a uh, whopping 238 batting average. There we go. 320 OBP, 374 slug. So wow. you add the, that up, you get a 694 OPS. Whoa. Wow. What's what the OPS that? plus you're wondering? I know you're wondering. 88. This is OPS plus. Yeah, so good. Wow, that's um, that's like eighty-eight is like the top, right? That's the that's best. That's it. B. A B war of zero point six. So hey, positive. You know we're being positive here. You <laughs> love that. Uh, and I bet you're wondering, you're like, he must be like really elite in the field. Uh, well, listen. Yeah. We're talking he at a be. in left field. He's got an O or a DRS of three. So it's positive. Another positive. Um, listen. We'll take it. This you is... must be like a base running stud, though. Absolutely. Like stolen bases Let's see. Talking. Let's see. I'm going to go back up here. All right. He's got... Oh, he does have seven stolen bases. He does have seven okay. stolen bases. And he's only been caught twice. There That's we go. More than Franchi. More than Franchi, who was, you know, supposedly very fast. Like, all of these trades, we should have just said, like, hashtag better than Franchi. No, like, literally, like, I just, like, as much as it's, like, what's happening, you're like, okay. Like, and, again... Like, with all due respect to Jack Bradley, who's great in the field, having him not in the lineup every night is great. 
I yeah. just like, I mean, I don't know. It's, um, it's a weird, it's a weird group at this point. I mean, Yomer Sanchez is still on this team. He's in the lineup. Tonight. I hate, what is, because Yomer Sanchez had more than like two hits. Like when he's up, I'm just like. No, he's batting 069. Yeah. Nice. I mean, by nice. The way. There but we go. like. <laughs> How do you get, he's got a negative .5 more in 11 games. Or not 11. Yeah, 11 games. He's got two hits. So congrats to Yomer Sanchez on two hits. You know who's actually been like surprisingly like or did make contact? I don't know. Is he still in the, in the on the roster, Jalen Davis? Um, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, because he's hitting. Where's uh, Robert F. Snyder in this lineup? Oh, he's on the IL. Oh Jesus Christ! Of course he is. Yeah, come on. If you, if you can't find a player in the lineup, they're on the injured list if it's the Boston Red Sox at this point. Like <laughs> that's fair. Because what was it? Uh, I mean, Xander's not in the lineup, but he's not on. That's good. That's good. At that point, I would have just been like, mail it in. Like, let's trade everybody. Like, yeah. I do like, by the way, I know some people don't love this, but like, I kind of hated the weird like waiver trades and like that's gone now. I'm very okay with that. Yeah. I mean, that was always kind of more hype than it was worth. Yeah. Except when Verlander got traded. That's like the only notable like, the only interesting thing that ever waiver happened. Waiver trade so. ever. So, so that's yeah. fine with me that that like goes in the wind. Yeah. So, um, or we got um, we we got uh, Eric Bedard one year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That happened, mm-hmm. and he was like bad because yeah. he's Eric Bedard. So, yeah, Eric Bedard. Good times. Oh my God! Yeah, Yomer Sanchez, point oh six nine average. That's and then Ploiecki. Oh, like he's got like. Tw- yeah, I mean this lineup is brutal. Yeah, it's still brutal. Like after the trade deadline, still brutal. I know. Like I mean. Arroyo's kind of coming on a little bit. Yes, he is. So, you know, that's good. And his OPS is higher than Alex Verdugo's, so there's that. Listen, that, the, um, the bar's low there for OPS. Like, I'm like, I can sit there and be the OPS like, for Alex Verdugo is still below 700. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'll continue to be the biggest <laughs> Alex Verdugo stand because I love him. Um, and I'll yeah. continue to point out that his average is above 300 since June. But don't look at his OPS in that stretch because cool. it's still not good. It's just a shitload of singles. No, I'm not. Just, I'll point it out at the end. There you go. Listen, I'll wait till we get to the end. And just at the end of the season when he still has an OPS below 700. Yeah, and when he still has a, a war or no, a WRC plus below 100. Yeah. yeah, that's the deal. So Christian Arroyo, by the way, since coming back from the injured list, has an eight-game hitting streak, technically nine games. No, I'm sorry. Eight games. That's a run, not a hit. I was looking wrong with the game wrong. Uh, hitting 429, OPS of 1071. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen before that he can, you know, get hot. Yeah. And have a stretch. I mean, he's uh, he's definitely, like, a significant step above, of like, the Omar Sanchez type. Yeah. So. Um, it was good to have him yeah, back. Yeah, it was interesting. One of the interesting things I heard from the trade deadline was that teams were taking a look at Kike Hernandez as a guy who could provide help. Um, but it sounds like teams looked at his, cause basically you, you were going to look at, he's on the 60 day IL. So you're going to take a look at his medicals. Um, and so part yeah. of me suggests thinks that they looked at his medicals and went, Oh fuck. I don't know if this guy's going to play this year and then didn't pursue him. Uh, but, yeah. Well, I mean, the Red Sox are acting like he's never going to play again. Yeah. So. I, it's just like, that's that's where I'm going to be. I mean, that's why you go get another outfielder, because you don't think that 
you know, Kike's going to be out there to help you yeah. out. So I just need Trevor Story back because I can't stand Yomer Sanchez in this lineup. No, I mean, but is he going to be back? Like, is he even coming back this year? Well, and then it's like, if he comes back, like, what's he going to be like? Because it's not like he was, like, you know, setting the world on fire to to begin with. I mean, defensively, having him defensively at second base is huge. Like, he was really great defensively at the plate. Like, I'm, you know, you hope that you can get... He had his hot stretch other than that. He didn't do much. It was a really great, like, mid-May. Like, he was, I mean, he, I, I give him credit. He was part of the reason that sparked our, like, our run, right? The Red Sox run from, Absolutely. like, mid-May yeah. to the end of June. Um, but then, you know, he started to get cold, and then people started to get hurt, and it just, you know, went off the rails real fast. But, hey, listen, undefeated in August. So, don't tell me oh, what day yeah. in August it is, but we have a winning record this month. Uh, so that's huge. We sure do. I'll take it. Look out. Uh, I mean, we said this was going to be a historically great month. Yeah. You know, has to be. We have to bounce. Keeping with the season. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, okay. So this is this is the last thing I'll say about, like, the Sox overall. And then I feel like we should talk about, like, obviously some of the, the bigger teams that actually went and made fucking moves today. But it's like, okay, yeah. so I'm pulling up the standings right now. And obviously, like, there are a decent amount of teams. I, I know you like we're gonna pull the whole like what the Red Sox are on in the wild card. They are wait for it. There we go. They're three games out of the spot. But there's a lot of teams in the running there that are like the White Sox are three games out. Now Baltimore is two and a half out, but Baltimore sold and I think kind of came to terms with that they're not a team that's actually going to be in the running yet. Um, I think losing Jorge yeah, Lopez hurts but them. Like, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, losing Trey Mancini and one relief pitcher isn't going to change, like, no. how they're going to perform that much no. the rest of the season. So Hey, they got Brett Phillips, so, like, I mean... We can say that they sold, which they did, but in terms of their actual team, it's not that appreciably different, and no. the players on the team are still going for it, so... Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see, because, like, I think... I think losing a guy like Jorge Lopez hurts when you're, especially like you're an Orioles team that wins a lot of really tight games. Um, I mean, their bullpen's been great this year, but besides Jorge Lopez, but he's the biggest piece in that bullpen for you. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't consider the Orioles a playoff team before this. Um, no, and I think there was negative regression in store for them anyway yeah. in these last two months. Yeah. So, you know, people will probably blame these trades yeah. if that happens, but, you know, it's not really on these trades. Yeah. And then, obviously, ahead of Boston, you have, besides Baltimore, you have Cleveland, um, who is good. I don't, did they do any, I don't think they really did anything at the deadline, did they? Nothing of note. I can't really remember no, at this point. No, I, I was going to say, like, I don't think, obviously, there's Seattle who went and did a, a bunch of things um and they sure did what did they i mean they ended up with like a bunch of stuff because they they wrote in late with some ones where i was like who they get they got um, well, they got luis castillo so that's the big one they got castillo and then i wish they would like update this shit faster i don't see anything on the site um there was one more that i can't remember at this moment so we're gonna just move on um, but like they went for it and Castillo is a great, great content. This is great content. It's fine. 
listen, uh, trade deadline just happened. We're just, we're out here trying to do the best we can here. Um, we're so, trying to recover. <laughs> um, yeah, recover from what that was. Um, and then it's Tampa Bay, who I guess also didn't really like set the world on fire either. They got Jose. They got uh, David Peralta. They did get David Peralta, which is a good get for them. They got Jose Siri. Yep. And they got um, they got a relief pitcher from the Dodgers. Um, I don't remember his name, but they did get a reliever from the Dodgers. There you go. And then the Toronto Blue Jays, who got Whit Merrifield. Wow, whoop the freaking do! They they're trying to recreate what was three years ago, Whit Merrifield. So, yeah, I, I I'm trying to pull up his stats, but I I can't imagine they're good. No. Uh, Matthew um, Boyd. Also, that's what the, the other hell? The Angels picture. treated Bryzel Iglesias. I didn't even see this. That was uh, that was the only buzzer beater. What's to the Braves? Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, tough loss for the Rays today. They lost cash considerations in that trade, getting Brett Phillips. So. Yeah. That's, um, listen. That's tough. They're they're no, they got differential. cash considerations. Yeah. So big um, big acquisition for them. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know the Rays love cash considerations and a uh, bunch of slapdick prospects. Yeah, I mean, they're always after cash, and he's a pretty good player. So, yeah, good for them. <laughs> they finally got him. Listen, uh, I will say, the Orioles have been fun to watch this year, and so putting Brett Phillips on that team uh, just makes them significantly more fun. Uh, so I'm all for it. I wanted him to go to the Red Sox. But that unfortunately did not happen. Yeah, they, no, they, it does make the Orioles more interesting for sure. Yeah, listen, I'm gonna be entirely honest with you. If the Red Sox had gotten Brett Phillips, even if it had been like for a week and then they like DFA'd him, um, I would be the proud owner of a Boston Red Sox Brett Phillips jersey. Like it would happen. Like no doubt, I would. Yeah, it would. Like it would have been in the cart. It would have been purchased. Like the only Red Sox jersey I own right now is Andrew Benintendi because I bought it and then he immediately got traded to the Royals like a week later. Um, and yeah, now I can't wear that cause he's a Yankee. So that just like, isn't going to happen. Can't support yeah, that's, that. You got to burn it now. Yeah. It's, it's just gone. gone. Uh, is there another number 16 on the Red Sox? Can I like do the duct tape treatment or. Dude, I can't tell you who has numbers in baseball. Completely Let's irrelevant. See. I mean, Let's I know Xander's number two endeavors is number 11. That's all I know. Let's see. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. Because, of course, there's, like, a website I don't think that, for everything. I've been looking for the Indians making a trade, and I don't think they made any trades. That's, huh. You know, that's very Cleveland, though. I feel like even when they're in it, like, they're not really in it. Like, Yeah. All right, here we go. Red Sox that wear number 16. Oh, no. <laughs> it was Franchi Cordero. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah uh, go ahead and tape that over go ahead and do that i'm gonna i am i'm gonna be it's gonna be like an in memoriam jersey now of like fallen number 16 mm-hmm. it's just bad luck i i really do need to burn it before andrew benintendi it was devin Guerrero. yikes what if i okay will middlebrooks wore 16 i feel like i could get a like will middlebrooks like get that vibe going nope still cursed how about how about edgar renneria nope still cursed david wells Nope. Marco Scudero. <laughs> okay. He was part of the 2013 team. I'll give you that one. There you go. Um, how about Josh Reddick? <laughs> Jesus. Whit Merrifield is terrible. Oh, yeah. He's the you... 80 WRC plus now. 
in full decline. Wow. What are like what are the Blue Jays? What do they want out of him? <laughs> Terrible. So obviously, like, where where is he going to play? That would be my question. Well, he's definitely a bench guy. Yeah, and he and, can play um, outfield. He can play second base. Like, he can play around. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the point of him is. Yeah. So, all right. So I feel like the two teams that we really need to discuss, because I feel like they're the teams that were, like, the most active at the deadline, were obviously the San Diego Padres, who not only went and got what? Let me – I'm trying to, like, round it up, because they got – uh, they got Josh Bell. They got Juan Soto, obviously. Mm-hmm. They got Brandon Drury. Yep. They got Josh Hader. Um, I'm trying to think about what else. Another. I think there was more. It feels like they were the. I mean, between them and the Yankees, the Yankees also made a bunch of moves. They got Brent Rooker from the Royals. There you go. Big, big acquisition, Brent Rooker. <laughs> Brent Rooker, he wasn't he like a former top pick? Yeah, I feel like he used to be a prospect. Brent Rooker, I yeah, don't really remember. Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, he was a first round pick in 2017, Mississippi State. Okay. A career war of negative. But I think that's it. Zero point eight. Um, but listen, that's plenty because that lineup now is going to be just bananas and especially because you're also eventually going to be getting Fernando Tatis back. Yeah, that lineup's gonna be so, insane. Are you ready for this lineup for right the now? next three years? So I'm gonna I'm gonna run this to you. This is the non Fernando Tatis Jr. projected lineup right now. So leading mm-hmm. off, which I don't I mean listen, this is what Fangrass roster resource has, but it's Jerkson Profar at the top of the lineup. Um, followed by okay. this is this is the part that's crazy to me. It then goes Manny Machado Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, Jake Cronenworth. That middle of the lineup is just bananas. Yeah, but I don't know if I trust Brandon Drury going forward. He's been, I mean, he's been unbelievable. I mean, good news. Yeah, like, I don't trust you back. until you, yeah, I don't trust you, like, doing well on a bad team until you do it on a good team. I don't know. I mean, I probably should like just trust it, but like I don't. It's just like to me, it's like the like the twenty home runs this year, like one twenty eight OPS plus, like eight fifty five OPS. I mean, you're you're right to be skeptical because before that, his career high OPS was seven eighty six. I mean, he's always been like a decent. I mean, when he first started in Arizona, he had a two eighty two average. That's his career high. But like, there was I mean, there was some rough years in the middle. I mean, when he was with Toronto in twenty twenty. He hit 152. Yeah. I just associate Brandon Jury's name with being subpar. So, yeah. I mean, it's like Andrew Benintendi. I don't trust his first half. Yeah. Which, see the full season. which, again, like, it's so funny to me because Andrew Benintendi is quite literally like the anti Joey Gallo. Like, doesn't hit for power, just gets on base a lot. Yeah. Like, and, like, what was it? In his, like, first or second game of the Yankees, he drew, like, three walks in a game. And I'm like, that's probably what you should expect from Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, oh, and my God. What we got. Can we can we talk about that fucking, the Joey Gallo quotes? Yeah, pretty sad. Oh, my, oh, my, I mean, just. Pretty depressing. Like, and listen, I know every fan base is brutal 
but like it feels like New York and like I'll include the Mets in this because I mean they booed the shit out of Francisco Lindor after like a bad month like they were just like absolutely out on him like fucking uh Joey Gallo was like I can't leave my apartment (laughs) yeah that was that's that's a tough look I mean there's I can't leave my apartment and there's like you can but like you're I don't know We've seen over the years, there's certain guys who can handle it and certain guys who can't. Yes. And Gallo seems like a guy who can't. Yeah. That said, like, I'm not saying that I would be a guy who can because I don't know how I would handle that. Like, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I could end up easily just as, you know, terrified as Joey Gallo is. Yeah. But Listen. Yeah, like we said um, in our group chat, um, we're going to create a support group. Sonny Gray and Joey Gallo <laughs> are the first members, and um, there's going to be more. There's definitely going to be more. Yeah. I don't know who else is in it as of the moment. Should uh, should we Maybe put Jacoby Ellsbury in there too? Oldest Chapman. Yeah. Oh, Ellsbury is absolutely in there. Yeah. I mean, that man can never step yeah. foot in the city of New York ever again. Like, no. I mean, he's so bad. The Yankees tried to sue him to get his, get their money back. That's still one of the greatest things ever. Like, you just were so That's bad. Tough. Um. Yeah. Listen, apparently Araldis Chapman has been great since Michael King went down. And so everyone's like immediately back on um, him. Um, I think my favorite development this year, though. Michael Yankees fans. Yeah. Dude, again, New York fans in general. Like, fucking, how many people were just out on Edwin Diaz forever? And he's finally good. And you have fucking boomer size. And he wasn't even that bad. No, he just, like, like he's he, never that bad. No, he just blew some saves, which, like, obviously sucks and, yeah. like, it's notable. But, like, I mean, it's hilarious. Like, all these people that I've been seeing this on Twitter, like, uh, I think it was, like, KFC Barstool was, like, talking about how, like, uh, he's, like, the greatest closer alive. And then someone, like, quote tweeted it with all his tweets saying, like, send Edwin Diaz to the moon. Like, everyone who was, like, just so spiteful of Edwin Diaz should not be able to, like, enjoy his success with the Mets. It's my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He's... It's amazing yeah. now, you know, at this point. Mm-hmm. He's far and away the best reliever in the game at this point. So Yeah. But, so back to the Yankees, though, because obviously that's uh, most of, like, that affects the Boston Red Sox. They fucking, they went for it. They went and got, you know, Scott yeah. Efros, who's As they should have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, if the Red Sox were in the position the Yankees were in, I would have expected the Boston Red Sox to go do the same thing. Um, the fact that they almost ended up with Pablo Lopez and Frankie Montas uh is fucking insane to me i would have hated that uh there was a point where it looked like the deal was gonna go through and i was absolutely like gonna just jump out a window like i was like nope this imagine fuck. those two with cole and and cortez i mean cole sucks we know that but yeah. like you know <laughs> but that's fine then you don't even have to put him in the rotation in the postseason you know you're just like garrett cole like go sit True. and like cry somewhere Leave him off the playoff roster. You yeah, know? It'd be hilarious. I'd love At that. least when you're playing the Red Sox, because we know he can't pitch in Fenway. He got shoved by the Royals, too. That was amazing. Tough. Oh, I I love I love whenever Garrett Cole's bad because Red Sox Twitter just absolutely takes every opportunity to just bury him. Like there there's no That's mercy awesome. for Garrett Cole. Like Garrett Cole could one day no, be legitimately bad. He shouldn't be. And he's still yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, but listen, also when you're getting shelled by, you know, what is like the Kansas City Royals, like you should get fucking made fun of. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, you know, R- Raphael Devers son is not, not, you know, he's, he's fine. He just, you know, 
I haven't seen him win a big game. That'll be, you know, I mean, obviously, listen, the Yankees have absolutely put themselves. Hey, the next, the next big game he wins will be the first. Which is, yeah. That's, like, I am very, 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 it, it's probably good for the Yankees that the division is pretty much in hand because if they had to go play, like, I mean, they're going to be one of the two teams that get a bye. It's going to be them in Houston. But if they had to go play like yeah. a three-game series, like I'd be almost nervous that like Cole's going to choke away game one and all of a sudden you have to win two straight. Like it just puts you in a fucking hole right away. Um, I'd almost be yeah. like, we're going we're gonna to save you for game two, buddy. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, they got him. Um, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Um, the Jordan Montgomery trade was shocking to me. Jordan Montgomery said he was shocked. But like you said, like, you're going to put Harrison Bader in center field now, so you don't have to put Aaron Judge in center field, um, which is yeah. great because you obviously want Aaron Judge healthy, and that's a little harder when you're going to have him ranging in center field. Also, Harrison Bader yeah. is going to be better. It's, that's an upgrade in center field defensively. And it's a good long-term move for them. Like They're, they're so good this season that you can afford to kind of look down the road a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you got Montas, and you assume that Cole, Montas, Cortez, and Tyon are your playoff rotation. Um, you've got enough other guys that could possibly slot in there, like Domingo Herman and Severino if he comes back. Like, you can afford to kind of use Montgomery to find something you need down the road. Exactly. What do you not have down the road for if you're the Yankees as a center fielder? Yeah. Um, because they didn't really have one this year. Aaron Hicks sucks. Yeah. And so they've used Judge there. That's not ideal. And Judge might be gone after the season. So honestly, a very good trade, in my opinion. I know Yankees fans are pretty upset about it. Scott is pretty upset about it. Yeah. I If I was a Yankees fan, I'd be pretty happy with it. Yeah. I, and like you said, like I, I think sometimes with these trades, obviously there's like an emotional aspect to it. Um, especially with like, I always think it's interesting guys like with a year left on their deal, you know, like as much as the Christian yeah. Vasquez deal breaks my heart. Like if, I mean, obviously I have no idea if, if the Red Sox were selling, which they weren't, but were, um, like stuff like that makes sense because it's like, I mean, for Boston, you're like, okay, if we're not going to make the playoffs, like we can at least get something for Vasquez, which they did. I liked the two guys that they got in the trade for him. Um, I think that, you know, I don't think there's anybody that was, you know, above and away like a stud, but I think they bolstered their the bats in their system a little bit, which was good. Um, and there's still a chance, you know, he could come back in free agency. Um, but he was a, you know, 31-year-old catcher. Like, you're going to move him while you can get the value for him. And he was hitting better than he's hit in, like, five years. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he was going to be a free agent. And so – Either way, you probably need to start thinking about the future at catcher for the Red Sox. And so they kind of just got a jump start on that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it would have been nice to just get McGuire and DFA Kolecki and just have McGuire be the backup down the stretch. But also, like, Vasquez doesn't like to not play. So um, I don't know how that would have worked out. It seems like they like McGuire, you know? So that's a guy that they want to see down the stretch and see if he can play, you know, at the major league level. They've got Connor Wong, who I feel like he deserves a real chance Absolutely. at the major league level. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gotten that yet. And so you'd think that, I mean, 
Well, he's still on the roster today, but hopefully at some point he's gone because he can't hit. Yeah. Um, and then there's Ronaldo Hernandez, who I haven't seen his name since like spring training, so I don't know if he's dead or if he's just bad now or if he's just not the plan anymore. But basically, you got to start looking at the future of catcher, and they just got a head start on that. Yeah. So, um, all right. So. I, guess I was like, hoping there was a move for Sean Murphy today, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe in the offseason. Yeah. Because um, like you said, you know, controllable catcher, um, younger. I mean, that that would be a great ad. Um, part of me was thinking, like, and I, I wonder if there was a plan for this. Like, obviously, you'd have to give up some key guys to go get him is what it sounded like. But for the Red Sox, like, I thought there was a chance maybe you go, like, some of these moves were moves to go and get prospects that maybe you then go and flip for – Sean Murphy. Um, yeah. I feel like maybe that was the plan, and some of those things obviously didn't come to fruition. We'll never know, right. which is always kind of a bummer. I'd love to just sit down and like talk with like a hind bloom about like what was the, what were you thinking? But you're never gonna get that because obviously like right. you're never gonna give that to the media of like the things because like like again like obviously all things are considered, and you don't want to go into the media and say oh yeah we were you know we were this close to trading JD and we were this close to trading Xander. Blah 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 blah. Like, because all that's going to do is piss yeah. off players and piss off people. So there's no benefit from that. But I'd like to know, you know, from a completely like unbiased standpoint. Like, I'm just very curious to see like what the trade deadline today was for the Red Sox because I feel like it was it was interesting, more interesting than a lot of teams because they were buying and selling. Like, there's a lot of teams where it's like you know what you're doing. Like you're you know you're the Cubs and you're trying to move Ian Happ and you're trying to move Wilson Contreras. Ian Happ, you're trying to move for the right price. Wilson Contreras, you're trying to just move and get the most you can get for him. Like I feel like that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, for the Red Sox, it was like okay, like let's you know lose some of these pieces, get some of these pieces, and like kind of retool ourselves, be competitive this year, and also build for the future. Um, it felt like they didn't really. I mean. Reese McGuire could end up being an interesting piece that you maybe, you know, ends up becoming valuable going forward. If anything, like you said, you just named, you know, three guys who could potentially step in at catcher. Um, I think it makes it a competition. You know, you're going to be like, okay, like, let's see, you know, we don't, we're not giving any of these guys this spot. Uh, so let's just, you know, see what we have here. Yeah. I mean, the one thing with this deadline is I'm shocked that J.D. Martinez is still... Absolutely. I thought that was like... Um, that seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was gone. Yeah. But I think that also comes down to something we talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but we definitely at least texted about it. Is I don't know what his value was, you know, um, with him playing so poorly lately. Yeah. And only two months, and he's only a DH. Like, how much value does that have? I just... I feel like they maybe came to the conclusion that he's more valuable sticking around yeah. than than leaving. Yeah, and you know, you know get just some slapdick prospect. Yeah, or yeah. keep him and have a chance to make the playoffs with him. Yeah, and the thing I think the the underlying thing with JD that because everyone really talks about like there's you know there it's not a coincidence that JD comes to the team in 2018 and all of a sudden all these guys that were kind of okay hitters became really great hitters. Obviously everyone knows that JD was a really big student of, you know, um, you know, launch angle and really like just the, the science and the art that's hitting. Um, and basically they said, you know, in terms of like these new ideas that came into hitting in the last five, six years, it's a lot easier to have a player 
say those things to other players than front office guys because it's players are more likely to buy in on it. So having a guy like JD and in 18, also having a guy like Mookie who was big on that stuff was really huge for them being successful because you saw these guys that were doing these things and being successful doing these things. So I think like, you know, you have, you potentially have a guy like Tristan Cassis coming up and having guys like Hosmer, who was a mentor to him and JD maybe helps him through like struggles to start, you know, getting through working with a swing. Um, I think there's a value to having a guy like that in the locker room. And maybe, you know, if you're like, okay, Hey, in a stretch run, like he's going to help some of these guys who are slumping, maybe get out of slumps. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. And, and quite possibly true. I, I'm so tired of hearing that like JD is a hitting coach and like, I don't know, like I, I, it's just so overplayed and just talked about all the time. And it's like, Oh, well, like, He's not just the player. Like you got to think about the effect he has on everybody else in the lineup. Like I'm sure that's probably true to some degree, but like it's just I don't know. I think I, it's overplayed. I mean, in my opinion. listen, and that's fine. I, I might be wrong. You're totally, but I just hear it all the time. Totally entitled like, to your opinion, and you probably hear it from me a lot. Um, I think it's stuff that I mean. Listen, I think to some extent, baseball. You know, there are guys who have it, and there are guys who don't. And especially when you're playing at the top level, like you probably have it. Um, but I do think like, I just think like in terms of like getting new, new ideas across, like, I don't know. I think sometimes it's, it's so small, you're not going to see it in like a small picture and a small sample, but I, and obviously you would never be able to say for sure, unless you saw what it was like without him. Um, and for the Red Sox, you know, the chance of, if they had just completely sold being without JD might've meant that you also just didn't have any good hitters. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't, I, I don't think that that would have played any part in them deciding whether to trade him or not, like two months of him. Well, and I think impact on other people, yeah. I don't, I think also I more so like now, like I think when these ideas were new and scary and people weren't buying in on them, it helps to have a guy. I think it's less of an effect now because I feel like it's more universally accepted. Right. Right. Like people, people know these things work because they work. And so like, even like teams, like culturally, like you're, you know, you're studying tape and you're evaluating these things this way and you have hitting coaches that are evaluating things this way. But yeah, like you said, um, you might be right. Obviously, like I'm also not in the locker room every day, so I don't know who's actually having these conversations with JD Martinez and who's not. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that it's not just like, I was really going to be sad if it was like a complete sell job and like the Red Sox were just going to be bad because like I was going to have, we're going to have to power through like the last 60 games, just knowing that like, at, yeah. le- at least now it's like, okay, man, Hey, you know, first off, I mean, if we get a win against Houston tonight and we win this series and we move to four and one against Houston this year. Like I know it's obviously again, like after that July, how confident can you be? But like, I'd feel a little bit better. I'd be like, okay, like, you know, maybe we can hang with some of these teams. Um, I'm just glad yeah, that I mean, winning a series would be nice. Yes. Uh, we have a one, one. Yeah. Since June. Yeah. Uh, would be, would be good for the confidence. And obviously we might get to the end of August and just be like, all right, well this shit's fucking over. But yeah. Right now, as it stands, like the Red Sox are still well within, you know, chasing down a postseason spot. It got a lot harder because Seattle got a lot better. But, you know, let's say Seattle really goes off and 
a team like a Tampa Bay or a Toronto. I mean, Toronto's been great lately, but, you know, before they fired Montoya, they were really, like, they were a boss. They looked like kind of like the yeah, Red they Sox were. were. Um, so you just never know. I mean, obviously they have a ton of talent on that team, but. That's the thing is, like, a lot of these teams have been hot lately. The Mariners, the Blue Jays, um, the Orioles, the White Sox. Um, you can make all you want out of the trades that they've made and how, oh, well, they were hot and now they they just got some good players and so now they're going to be better. That's not necessarily how baseball actually works yeah. in practice. Um, you know, you can trade for good players and then play worse after it. That's just how baseball goes. And so you've had these teams, the Red Sox have had a terrible stretch. They may not have gotten that much better at this trade deadline, but they got a little bit better. And they're just, they're due. That's how baseball works. They're due to play better because they are a better team than they've played lately. Yes. And other teams are due to play worse. So, you know, just by regression, I see the Red Sox being in this, you know, right through the end, really. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... At least into September. Yeah. And, like, it's also worth noting, like, if we're just going to look at, like, the way the schedule plays out, like, Tampa Bay has nine games left against the Yankees, and they have 11 games left against the Blue Jays. So in theory, like you got, like you could have Tampa and Toronto beating the shit out of each other. That really gives you a window to go back. Tampa has the hardest remaining strength of schedule. Now Boston has the fifth hardest remaining strength of schedule. So their path is not easy by no by any means. But you only have five games left against the Yankees, two games left against Houston. Your biggest stretch is going to be six games against Toronto and nine games against the Rays. But those are teams that you have to beat to get into the playoffs anyway. So if you're looking at your window and saying, hey. We go, I mean, obviously the Red Sox have not beat anyone in the AL East this season. So going and being like, oh, we just have to beat Tampa Bay and Toronto is not really like a great thing to say. Easier said than none. Yeah. But if you look at your season and go, okay, we win the games we need to win. We're in the playoffs. That's, you know, that's where you want to be. You you are to an extent in control of your own destiny because if you go and you win the games against Toronto and you win the games against Tampa Bay – you're a postseason team, and then from there, you just don't know what the fuck's going to happen, especially in a first round that's a three-game series. Like, realistically, like, the Red Sox could draw the Minnesota Twins in the first round of the playoffs. Minnesota Twins, until they win a postseason series for the first time since 2002, I have full confidence that they could go and beat the Minnesota Twins. And they went and bought at the deadline, too. But they didn't go get anybody that is going to noticeably make their team scarier. Like, no offense to Tyler yeah. Malley. Like, he's a great guy, but, like, I'm not, like, shaking in my boots that we're going to face Tyler Malley in the postseason. No. And, yeah, so, like you said, it's definitely possible. Um, it sucks that we're going to have to be Yankees fans pretty much the rest of the season. Yes. Hoping that they beat all the other teams that yeah. we have to get ahead of. Um, that's the annoying part. But other than that, it's, you know, it should be fun, hopefully. I mean, it can't be worse than the last month. No. You'd think with some guys coming back, Devers coming back, these new additions, maybe Cass is coming up. Like, they should be better than the laughing stock that they've been the last couple of weeks. If they're not, then it's just going to be over. But, you know, hopefully they start playing better and, you know, we have some fun down the stretch. There we go. All right. So, real quick, before yeah, that's, we. That's all we can do. That's it. That's it. And that's it. Yeah. We're going to take it in right now. Um, all right. So quickly, we'll do this, and then we'll get out of here. Um, 
Who are your who are your winners and losers of the trade deadline? Um, Padres winners. Yeah. Easy. Like, yeah. Yeah. They got the best player in baseball. Who's twenty three? Um, I'm just gonna keep saying he's twenty three until he's not twenty three anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who you had to trade. You got Juan Soto and you got Josh Bell. But like, you got Juan Soto, and you're pairing him with Tatis. That's that's stupid. That's just dumb. Um, and losers, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're kind of losers. Yes. It's just how it seems like our plan didn't go according to plan. Yeah. Um, the Nationals are losers because they traded Juan Soto. Yeah. Um, the Blue Jays are kind of losers because they didn't do anything that significant. I'm trying to think of like who else. I mean, the Mariners are winners. The Yankees yeah. are winners. The Cardinals did well. I think they're winners. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, um, and listen, I know that they made moves, uh, but I think the Mets are losers. Because I think that the Phillies... Yeah, they got Dan Vogelbach. Big moves. Yeah, listen, they're undefeated when Dan Vogelbach is in the lineup. So we love we love those uh, chunky boys, um, as my good friend MLB Network researcher Matt Sorrow likes to say. Um, I get a text from him yep. every time Vogelbach's in the lineup about the chunky boys. Um, but like they got Darren Ruff, and that's fine. Um, they went and got Michael Gibbons, I believe, was who they got. Um, yeah. But... Like, Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin. Yeah, like, they didn't go get anybody that I think made their roster, like, notably better. Like, Darren Ruff is a good, like, he'll be a guy you can kind of, like, platoon, and he'll be really great. Um, and obviously, like, getting bullpen help is key. But, like, like the Phillies went and got David Robertson, which addresses a huge need. They went and got Brandon Marsh, which, as much as he's not great, that's an upgrade from Odubel Herrera in the outfield, so they finally got the DFA. Hit. Yeah, I mean, at least he has potential. Yeah, and then they got Noah Syndergaard, yeah. who's been great, um, and I'm very excited to see his first start against the Mets. I'm very excited for that. Um, yeah. I think they did well. I think the Braves, who are heating up, going to get Rysiel Iglesias was a really great move. I mean, their best move of the deadline wasn't even a trade. It was locking down Austin Riley for 10 years and $212 million, like, that's a fucking steal. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to look at the end of that deal, even if he's like aging and you're going to be like, this is a great ass deal because there's going to be guys that are just going to get Devers on that deal. Please Listen, the, the Red Sox are trying, but uh, Devers is like, no, no, we'll no. So we'll get there. I mean, that's going to be, so now that the trade deadline's done, um, I mean, the Red Sox have said they want to have negotiations with Devers or not Devers with Bogarts this during the season, but Bogarts is like, nobody's reached out yet. So I think, as the season gets closer, obviously we're going to be on Bogart's watch because he's going to opt out at the end of the year. So, yeah. But yeah. So, all right. Interesting. Well, listen, Spencer, um, that was fun. I did. I feel like it was a, it was an interesting trade deadline. I mean, we got the biggest trade in major league baseball history. So what's not to love about that? Um, yeah. And now we, now it's the sprint to the, the postseason. Now, um, we see what these teams are. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I'm, no one else is coming. No, we is... have the team that's on. The, we have the roster. Um, that's all we got. Doesn't so instill me with just, a lot of confidence. Uh, if they can't do it, then no one can. Yeah. <sighs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Win Pod Repeat. As always, Sam Anthony Spencer Wellington here with you, uh, live from our apartments. Uh, give us a good follow on Twitter at Win Pod Repeat. 
tweet us, tell you, tell us what you love, tell us your favorite trades from the deadline. Um, and we'll talk to you all next week.